Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually with our guest scorekeeper, Mason Cook. How are you doing today, Mason? I'm doing fine and fantastic. Had a great night. I saw a very nice play last night and really gotten me in the mood to do some trivia. Fantastic. Let's meet this week's contestants. Today is our first semifinal match of our Tournament of Champions, and so our first semifinalist is Matthew Brown. Hello, friends. Uh, happy to be back with my Earl Grey ST as <laughs> <is> tradition. <laughs> um, yeah, excited for, for a good match today. Well, fantastic. Thank you for being here, Matthew. We now have to start differentiating our Matthews by last name because uh, one of the other semifinalists is also named Matthew, and of course I am named Matthew. Um, I somehow, too many. I was going to say, we, I somehow have messed up and gotten way too many Matthews involved in this. There really, I think that there's a clear uh, bias towards Matthews on this show. Well, I, I don't I know. Think your, your, your whole life has a bias towards like having way too many Matthews around you. You like, you have a magnetic Matthew force. Yeah. I just accumulate other Matthews. Well, anyway, that's just the way that it is, I suppose for now. Uh, and we also have Frey. Hello, my name's Frey. I have my uh, a tea bag of green tea, which I will be sucking on periodically throughout the uh, the episode. I am calling in from Madrid, Spain, and I had a much less wholesome evening last night, spending uh, my evening in a Dominican bar, drinking tequila shots until uh, three a.m. So I'm so ready, but I'm I'm here. I'm competitive. I'm awake. I'm ready to give Matthew brown a run for his money fantastic well thank you matthew and frey for being here once again as with all of our regular episodes we'll have four rounds of questions each with a slightly different format and so without further ado mason will explain the rules for round one so uh, for round one our first general knowledge round each correct answer is worth 10 points and each contestant will get five questions all righty matthew you are up first question one Premiered December 8th, 1849, what opera is often considered to mark the beginning of Giuseppe Verdi's middle period? A. Nabucco, B. Louisa Miller, or C. Macbeth? Oh, middle period. Oh, gosh. I, this is tough. I, some, something, something within me is saying Nabucco. I'm going to go with Nabucco. <laughs> Uh, no, it was actually Louisa Miller. It is um, Louisa Miller. Okay. Yeah, Nabucco, I believe, was his first success um, about 1843 or so. Uh, Louisa Miller um, not as, is not as popular, however, as his three major middle period successes, Rigoletto, La Traviata, and Il Trovatore, which premiered between 1851 and 1853. And Macbeth was also earlier in the 1840s. Yeah. Trovatore and Traviata were also back-to-back, -back, weren't they? Yes, they were. Yeah, just a couple of months apart. Question two, which actor was not in the 2006 Martin Scorsese film, The Departed? A, Matt Damon, B, Ben Affleck, or C, Leonardo DiCaprio? Hmm, okay, I'm not, I do not know the movie. <laughs> so this is our, already off to a great start. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, I, I have a hard time picturing Matt Damon and Ben Affleck together <laughs> in a movie i'm sure it's happened but i i i'm not seeing it who's a who's a bigger 
I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say DiCaprio was in it, so it has to be one of the other two that was not in it. I'm gonna say that Ben Affleck was not in it. That's correct. Uh, other famous <laughs> other famous actors who appear in the film are Mark Wahlberg, Jack Nicholson, Martin Sheen, Alec Baldwin, and Anthony Anderson. Weren't Damon and Affleck both um, in uh, Goodwill Hunting because they wrote it together? That is correct. Yes, both okay. did appear in that film. That's what I thought. Hey, also, both The Departed and Goodwill Hunting set in Boston, Massachusetts. I my question is, how many movies has Matt Damon starred in that have taken place in Boston? That I could not tell you. That's a that's a question for our next episode of Trivia Over Tea. Mason, can you look that up? Don't, just uh, kidding. Don't do that. That's going to take a while. Okay. Uh, we'll figure that out later. Question three: What common household item is not fluorescent? A olive oil b turmeric or c sea salt fluorescent hmm. i'm gonna go with i think sea salt would be um turmeric i don't know i'm see i'm gonna see like uh turmeric would be sort of a sort of the less common one so i feel like that's the one that i would be inclined to choose so i'm gonna go against that instinct and go with olive oil <laughs> it was actually sea salt um, olive oil contains numerous uh, fluorescent properties, and turmeric contains the fluorescent compound curcumin. There you go. Excellent. Question four. How many official languages does Switzerland have? A, two, B, four, or C, seven? Let's see. Probably, I, I know at least a couple of them. German, I think French. I would guess English is another one. Um, I'm going to say four. That's correct. Um, French, German, Italian, and Romanche are the four languages. Oh. Yeah. And finally, question five. On December 8th, 1987, Ron Hextall became the first goalie in the National, in the National Hockey League to do what? A, record 50 saves in a single game, B, participate in a fight, or C, score a goal? I'm going to go with the 50 saves. No, he was actually the first goalie to ever score a goal. In a game against the Boston That's so Bruins, fun. <laughs> in a game against the Boston Bruins, Philadelphia Flyers goalie Ron Hextall shot the puck across the ice into the opponent's empty net, becoming the first goalie in NHL history to score a goal. He repeated the feat in the playoffs in 1989 against the Washington Capitals, sadly. It should be noted, however, that Islanders goalie Billy Smith was credited with a goal in 1979, but it was an own goal, and Smith happened to be the last Islander to touch the puck. And since Hextall, numerous goalies have scored, mostly on empty nets. I should note, however, that that he, Hextall has done all three of those feats. He has recorded 50 saves in a game. He has indeed gotten in a fight. In fact, I believe he has uh, one of the largest uh, penalty minutes totals of any goaltender in NHL history. There you go. Thank you, Mason. All righty, Frey, are you ready for your five questions? Yep, let's do this. Okay. Question one. In the book and movie series, The Lord of the Rings, what kind of creature is Frodo Baggins, the main character? A, Frodo Baggins. A, a hobbit. hobbit. B, a dwarf or C, a wizard. Yes, he's a hobbit. Question two. Which Beethoven symphony premiered December 8th, 1813, is in A major. A, symphony number five, B, symphony number seven, or C, symphony number nine? 
I feel like Matthew Brown knows this one, but I'm going to go with A Symphony Number no. Five. Uh, no, it was the Seventh Symphony. Uh, uh, Symphony Five is famously in C minor because that's the bum, 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 da, 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 da. and yeah. uh, Symphony Number no. Nine is in D minor, though the choral movement. Da, 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 da. In, yeah, though the choral right. movement, um, the fourth movement is in D major. Question three. In 2010, McDonald's had to recall millions of Shrek-themed cups due to them containing dangerous levels of what toxic metal? A. Cadmium B. Lead or C. Technetium um, I just feel like lead is going to be far-fetched, so I'm going to go with cadmium because I have no idea what the other thing is. Uh, that's correct. Fantastic. Yes. Mason, did you, did you have an explanation for this one? Uh, yeah, uh, the cups were, or, uh, at first McDonald's actually tried to defend, you know, not recalling the cups, saying that uh, it was not that much cadmium in there. Of course, <laughs> there's the amount of cadmium was way beyond the legal levels, and they were eventually forced to recall, well, I think about 10 million cups from circulation. There you go. Question four. The name Las Vegas translates roughly to what in Spanish? Oh, no. A, a, the stars, B, the flowers, or C, the meadows? I'm going to go with C. That's correct. The meadows. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and finally, question five. Which of the following animals have the most permanent teeth, a.k.a. adult teeth? A, humans, B, cats, or C, dogs? Most permanent teeth. This is a tough one. Um... You know what? I'm going to go with humans. Got to have some human pride. Uh, no, it's actually dogs. Damn. Dogs have the most permanent Dang, teeth. excuse me. <laughs> dogs have 42 permanent teeth. Humans have 32, and cats are close behind with 30 permanent oh, teeth. Oh, man, it wasn't even close. No, no. I don't know. I figured, I figured because we had, like, I don't know, more different kinds of teeth that we might have the edge on them. Yeah. That's true, but dogs tend to have like a long, well, some, I guess some breeds have like a longer right. snout, There's a little more room. That makes sense. Know. Makes sense. Yeah. This wasn't my question, so I don't know the science behind it, but anyway, that's the end of round one. So Mason, can you please give us a score update? All right. So at the end of round one, Frey leads Matthew very slightly, 30 to 20, still very much anyone's game. <laughs> question and if you'll recall last week our question was what 1962 farcical comedy was the first broadway show for which sondheim wrote both the words and music and the answer to that is a funny thing happened on the way to the forum and it won the tony for best musical that year and ran for two more years Alrighty, for this week's audience question we'll ask on this day 41 years ago, John Lennon was murdered outside his apartment in New York City. Millions of Americans learned of his death while watching what program on ABC? So, have a think about that. Send me your answers for a chance to win a sticker, and I'll announce the correct answer next week. Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. So, Mason, can you please explain the rules? All right, round two. Ooh, each contestant will get... At five questions in the exact same subject, correct answers are worth 20 points. However, if they fail to get it right, then the opponent 
can answer that question for Ted. All righty. So for this week's topic, we're going to do a fun one for the two of you. Both of you are going to get five questions on famous board games. So let's go. All right. <laughs> all righty. Matthew, are you ready for your five? Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. Question one. There are six suspects in the murder of Mr. Body in what classic board game? Clue. That's correct. Or Cluedo in the UK. You have to identify the murderer, the weapon used, and the room in which the murder took place. Question two. Though the game was published by Parker Brothers and the design was patented by Charles Darrow, what classic board game was initially created by Lizzie Maggie? I believe that was Monopoly. That's correct. She created it as the landlord's game. The Parker Brothers bought the rights to her patent for $500. Question three. What board game in which you roll the dice and try to move all four of your pieces into the home position is based on an Indian cross and circle board game? Four players into the home. Is this Sorry? It's not Sorry, Frey. Oh, Sorry was my guess. So this is, um, do I have anything to go up? I don't think I do. What is this? The answer is Parcheesi. It's, Parche based, on, it's mm. based on the Indian game Pachisi. Question four. Well, well to be fa in fairness. Mason, 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 don't say anything. Don't say anything. I know what you're about to say. Don't say it. Question four. What board game is played on a 15 by 15 grid of squares and is available in over 30 languages? I was going to be like checkers, but that doesn't involve language. <laughs> <laughs> it's just circles. <laughs> um, but, oh gosh. Um, I don't know. Like backgammon? No. Frey? I'm going to guess this is Scrabble. This is Scrabble. Okay. Oh, Scrabble, yeah. <laughs> Creator Alfred Mosher Butts studied the front page of the New York Times to determine the frequency of letters and used that to create the points system for the game. So do, is it uh, the different points, or the different languages are different point values for each letter? Um, because it's, probably. I mean, it's, it could just be a bunch of tiles of letters. It doesn't need a language unless... Yeah. Yeah. Well, but like, there yeah. there are certain languages like like in Spanish you need the ñ, which you oh, wouldn't for sure. find in sure. in the English game. Um, and then there are other examples across other languages. What should they do with like the accents on vowels and things like that? I don't know. I've never. I believe that those are uh, separate tiles. Hmm. Uh, you know. I've only ever played in English, and I wasn't very good at it. So. And finally, question five. In what 2004 board game do players attempt to claim train routes on a map? Just Ticket to Ride? Yes. The originally published map was of the United States and Southern Canada, but other versions have been sold depicting maps of Europe and other regions around the world. Alrighty, Frey, are you ready for your five question? Oh, I'm so ready. Question one. What children's board game is a simple racing game and features characters like Mr. Mint and Princess Lolly? Oh, no. It's slipping my mind. Um, this is this is Candyland. This that's, is Candyland. That's Last correct. answer. It was developed by Eleanor Abbott in 1949 while <clears throat> she was recovering from polio. Question two. In what board game originally created in 1860 and updated in its modern version in 1960, can players get a job, make investments, buy insurance, or, in some versions, retire to the country and become a philosopher? I believe this is the game of life. That's correct. 
Its spokesperson was TV and radio personality Ark Linkletter, and his, his image appeared on the game's $100,000 bills. Question three. What other board game is based on Pachisi, but includes players drawing cards instead of rolling dice, and was featured in a famous sketch on The Carol Burnett Show? I'm just going to go with Sari. I got that's, no better answer. That's correct. Thank God. Yeah, the, the difference is, is that in Sari, you, you draw cards to move, and in, in Pachisi, you roll the dice. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's <laughs> subtle, but it's tricky. What, was that what you were going to say earlier, Mason? Oh, yeah. That, 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 thank you, Lee. You cut me off. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I knew exactly where you were going. Um, yeah, couldn't have you <laughs> ruin another question. Um, you're supposed to say sorry when you land on someone else's pawns, sending them back to the start. And if you've never seen the Carol Burnett Show skit of sorry, you need Boy. to go on YouTube and watch that right now. I somehow nope. never knew that it was on the Carol Burnett show. Like my family is very, very into sorry and the theatrics of saying sorry to your fellow players. <laughs> I need to go watch this now. <laughs> I, I will. I will send you the link as soon as we're done here. Please do. It's 100% <laughs> worth watching. Question four. What board game originally from Canada requires players to answer questions from six categories, geography, entertainment, history, arts and literature, science and nature, and sports and leisure in the classic version? I know my family has this, and it's going to be pretty sad if I can't think of it. Um, oh, goodness. I really, I cannot think of it for the life of me. I'm just going to go with Jeopardy. Okay, Matthew? Is it Trivial Pursuit? Trivial Pursuit. Oh, the game is only slightly less popular than the hit podcast, Trivia Over Tea. And finally, question five. In what German board game do players attempt to build and develop holdings while trading and acquiring resources? Trading and acquiring resources and holdings. This sounds like Settlers of Catan. That's correct. Die Siedler von Catan is the German title. An interesting thing that I learned while researching these board games is that the German or like European style of board game is more of the like strategy based ones and American style board games traditionally involve more elements of luck. So that's like sorry and uh, the game of life and Candyland and all that sort of stuff. Whereas Ticket, Ticket to Ride and uh, Catan developed in Europe have that more of a strategy involved. So there you go. Yeah. One of the most interesting uh, YouTube videos I've ever watched was a, a pro Catan player analyzing like his tournament games games for like one of the big evitationals that he went to. And that was so fascinating to, uh, to just watch them break that down. Yeah, there's quite a bit of strategy involved. And I get very upset when I lose. As certain listeners to this of this podcast will know. Well, that's the end of round two. So Mason, can you please uh, give us a score update? Oh, man, things are really heating up. Uh, so in that round, Matthew got 90 and Frey got 80, which ties the score at 110 after two rounds. All righty, now it is time for round three. So Mason, can you please explain the rules? All right. So round three, our second general knowledge round. Each contestant will get five questions on a variety of subjects, each worth 30 points this time. However, if they get it wrong, their opponent can bounce it back for 15. All righty. Matthew, are you ready for your five questions? I am. Okay. Question one. 
What interstate highway would you take if traveling from downtown Houston to Galveston, <laughs> Texas? I thought you'd done all the interstate highways. No, literally, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> I was like, I was like oh staring at a map of Houston, like, what am I going to do this time? Uh, well, thankfully, I do know this one. It is Interstate 45. <laughs> That's correct. It's a distance of about 50 miles. Question two. On December 8th, 1915, whose Fifth Symphony was premiered in Helsinki on the composer's 50th birthday? Would this be Sibelius? That's correct. It was commissioned for his 50th birthday by the Finnish government, who declared the date a national holiday. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Mm -hmm. before, we, before we go on, the government commissioned a Sibelius symphony to celebrate Sibelius's own birthday. That is correct. Yes. In fact, I believe they've commissioned multiple symphonies from the guy. He, mm -hmm. he was he was like the national composer. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's no. like, yeah. All right, Sibelius, please write your own birthday present. Just please do it. <laughs> it's pretty good to be him. Question three. In October 2021, the city of Los Angeles announced that they were removing the name of what Franciscan friar who played a major role in the establishment of the California missions from a city park. Was this Junipero Serra? That's correct. The city stated that the park would be renamed because of Serra's leading role at the head of the missions, which oversaw the displacement, mistreatment, and murder of almost 90% of California's native population. Question four. How many tastes can be detected by our tongue's taste receptors, also called taste buds? Oh, um, I'm just going to say 50. No, not 50. Frey? I'm going to go with five. It's five. Taste receptors in the mouth sense the five taste modalities, sweetness, sourness, saltiness, bitterness, and savoriness, also known as umami. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And finally, question five. Since 1991, what group of percussionists from Brighton, England, have performed shows using everyday objects? Stomp, right? That's correct. Yeah. Mason and I saw them, gosh, six or seven years ago at least in D.C. Yeah, that was, that was a very good, good concert they have. They've also made like multiple movies too. Yeah, I, I think their VHS was definitely my, my favorite VHS from like the public library growing up. Not sure which one it was, but it was it was spicy. It was always a treat, like in, in sixth grade dance, when they, they'd wheel the TV into the dance studio and play stomp for us. <laughs> Very good. All right, yeah, Frey. You sound old. Hey, well, we are. I'm, yeah. God, I'm going to turn 24 in 41 days as of this recording. That's terrifying to think about. Oh, dear. Frey, are you ready for your five questions? No, but bring them on. Okay. Question one, what interstate highway would you take if traveling from Rockford to Bloomington, Illinois? This one would be 39. That's correct. It goes oh right, down, right, right down the center of the northern Finally half got of the an state. interstate question. Finally got one. Uh, Rockford to Bloomington is just over 130 miles. Question two, on December 8th, 1941, President Franklin Roosevelt gave a speech to a joint session of Congress calling for Congress to declare war on Japan, saying, quote, Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date 
which will what? Live in history. No. Matthew? It's day which will live in infamy? Day which will live in infamy, yes. Congress passed the declaration of war against Japan later that day and declared war on Germany and Italy two days later. Question three. What is the highest number on the pH scale? Um, the highest number is 13, right? 13. Final no, answer. Not 13. Matthew? 14? It's 14. Yeah. Acids are 0 to 6, 7 is neutral, and 8 to 14 are bases. For some reason, I wanted to think that 6.5 was the most neutral you could be. Don't know why. Nope. Question four. On December 8th, 1963, the son of what famous Rat Pack singer was kidnapped from a hotel in State Line, Nevada? I have no idea. Can you name a Rat Pack singer? I, I don't know what the Rat Pack is. Okay. Matthew? I have a one in five chance. <laughs> um, let's just go with Dean Martin. No, it was Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped by Barry Keenan, Johnny Irwin, and Joe Amsler, and was released two days later when his father paid out a ransom. I thought Sinatra was going to be like the the go to Rat Pack answer. Well, I, th I thought that was I thought I thought Sinatra was like too obvious. I was like, I got to go okay. to like the second I got to go to like the second command <laughs> That's of fair. Rat Pack fa fame. The quiz bowl gag reflex strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, question five: In 1978. Which U.S. president had the first computers installed in the West Wing of the White House? The no question is who would be the president in 1978? Yep. Um, is this Gerald Ford? Not Ford. Matthew? Jimmy Carter? It was Jimmy Carter. Oh, it was Jimmy yeah. Carter? What was yeah, his he, term? Uh, he was 77 to 81. Gerald Ford was 74 to 77. Okay. So you're about a year off. Yeah. Alrighty, that's the end of round three. So Mason, can you please give us a score update? All right, so Matthew Brown really popping off that round, getting 165 points. Uh, Frey getting 45. And Ooh. so uh, right now, Matthew Brown leads 275, 155. Frey right now uh, has to play for the tie. All right. Play for the tie? Does that mean there's only... There's like, only a make up the difference? There's only 120 points possible left in the last three questions oh my goodness. Okay. you're down by exactly 120 well, maybe, maybe, bring it on. maybe we'll have our second ever tie on trivia over t this time we'll actually have to break the tie <laughs> yeah <laughs> well now it's time for round four so mason can you please explain the rules yeah round four it's the showdown each contestant will get the same three questions. This time, they're worth 40 points apiece. Contestants will write down or lock in somehow their answers before or the, uh, the reveal, as it were. All righty, Matthew, Frey, are you ready? Here we go. Question one. Who invented the first modern mechanical cotton gin in 1793? All righty, Matthew, what is your answer? If my... AP US history serves me all these years later. I believe it's Eli Whitney. Frey. I also have Eli Whitney. That's correct. It revolutionized the cotton industry in the US, but also led to the growth of slavery in the American South as demand for cotton grew. Question two. 
On December 8, 1980, John Lennon and Yoko Ono were famously photographed by what portrait photographer just hours before Lennon's murder? Alrighty, Matthew, what is your answer? I don't know if she was active and or prominent at the time. I just said Annie Leibovitz. Frey? I could not think of a single portrait photographer. Okay. Well, the one portrait photographer that people think of is Annie Leibovitz, and in fact, it was Annie Leibovitz. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. The iconic photograph pictures a naked Lennon wrapped around his wife, Yoko Ono, and that night, Lennon was murdered outside his apartment building by Mark David Chapman. And finally, question three. The soundtrack of what film, which contains Whitney Houston's famous cover of I Will Always Love You, won the Grammy for the best album of the year in 1994? Alrighty. Matthew, what is your answer? This is The Bodyguard. Frey? I do not have an answer for this. It was The Bodyguard. The film starred Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. I Will Always Love You also won Record of the Year and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for Houston. It's a great album if you haven't heard it. Uh, yeah. Her cover of I'm Every Woman is ace. It's so good. <laughs> we love Whitney Houston. Alrighty, that's the end of the game. So Mason, can you please tell us the final score? Well, um, that last round uh, was kind of an extension of what previously happened. Matthew Brown successfully answering all three round four questions. And for 120 points, Frey successfully answering the first one for 40. And so the final score is Matthew Brown, 395, Frey, Oof. 195. And I thus, by exactly 200 points, Matthew Brown is the winner. I, th I believe that is now our all-time highest score on Trivia Over T. What? Josh's, <laughs> Josh's record was 380 from a couple of months ago. Wow. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, congratulations, oh. Matthew. Yes, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We're yeah, so close to eventually, eventually someone will break 400. I someone can... will break 400, it's, but uh, not, not today. Well, maybe it's... it will be later today. We're filming more episodes later today. Yeah. But congratulations, Matthew. Do you have anything that you would like to say? Thank you. Thank you, Frey. This is a great game. Um, um, I look forward to being back for the championship. Fantastic. And thank you, Frey, for being in both of our tournaments this year. I look forward to having you on again next year sometime. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's our show for this week, folks. Thank you, Matthew and Frey, for being on the show once again, as well as Mason Cook for being our scorekeeper and composing the music. Today's questions were written by Sophie Wolbert, Caitlin Fick, Matthew Hauser, Lucas Hauser, Mason Cook, and yours truly. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and our Twitter account at Trivia Over Tea. And feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have our other semifinal match and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week.